Hi, I'm Maddie, and I don't have a hobby. Hi, I'm Haley, and I have too many hobbies. And I've taken it upon myself to get Maddie hooked on just about anything. In this podcast, we're talking true crime. We're talking Enneagram. We're talking mental health. We're talking Scientology. And just about everything in between. So we're inviting you on a journey that you definitely didn't ask to be invited on. In the hopes that you too would like to be Average, average girls Average and owning Average and owning Yeah. Hey everybody. Um, hope everybody's doing great. Um, wow, somehow this intro isn't even as weird as half the ones that we do. I know. Normally yeah. they're a lot more um, uncomfortable. You're doing well. Thank you. I'm very eloquent these days. Nice. I do think this topic is up for debate. This oh, wow. okay. hot take. First of all, do you like snacks? Snacks? Yeah. I don't get offended that Do I people ask. not like snacks? I'm d- it was just, just a question. Well, then like yeah, a starter like- question. Okay. okay, then yeah, I like snacks. Okay. <laughs> um, do you like spicy or like hot foods? Yeah. Slash snacks? Yeah. Okay. Oh, God, I'm nervous. Um, For some reason, you're just prefacing it really weird, and I'm getting scared. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're going to ask. I, it's You're going to laugh. Oh, God. Takis? Oh. Or hot Cheetos? Oh, I've never had either. Are you? But, okay, but wait, wait, wait. In my defense, I have had the Trader Joe's version of Takis <laughs> that are literally, I just went to Trader Joe's, and they're in my I cannot believe that cabinet. you've never had that. No, I know. My students make fun of me all the time for it because that's like their two favorite snacks or Takis and Hot Cheetos. And I've just Same. never, they always offer me them and they just don't sound good to me. Huh. I, okay. Well, then this is just for me. Okay. <laughs> well, good. I love Hot Cheeto fries. Hot Cheeto fries? Yes. Like, they're, a certain, they're like Hot Cheetos, but uh-huh. you know the like uh, potato fries? Yeah. They're like that, but they're Hot Cheetos. Like, why are they different than regular Hot Cheetos? So you can get regular Hot Cheetos. You can get Hot Cheeto Puffs. <laughs> why are you so well-versed in this? Where you can get Hot Cheeto fries. Huh. I, I'm just a fan of the Hot Cheeto. I feel like if I were to guess without having had either, mm-hmm. I would probably go Takis, though. Okay. I know. I respect it. Like, there's no wrong answer. I love well, Takis. Which one's your favorite? Hot Cheeto fries. Oh, you said that. Yeah. It would help if I listened. <laughs> um, Every once in a while. Yeah, no, I'm not. But I'm also not a Cheeto person in general, so I just don't think I would like that. Like, I, you're never going to catch me buying a bag of Cheetos. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, no. Oh, if I have, like, a sandwich or something, I would love to put Cheetos on it. Oh! <laughs> that sounds horrifying. I love Cheetos. I love all chips, actually. Yeah, I like, like chips. Like salt and vinegar. Ooh, salt and vinegar is my favorite kind of chip. Sour cream and onion. Yeah, yeah. I like regular. The what's it I called? Like the cheddar and sour cream. I used to eat constantly. But, it's well, I shouldn't like say constantly. Actual armpit when you yeah, first yeah, open yeah. the bag, but they taste so. But good. that's all potato chips. But I also I can't eat them now. I don't know why. Why? I don't know. They make me want to. Like I feel like at one point I threw them up, and now I can't eat them again. But I don't remember ever actually throwing them up. I love them. Yeah, I'm a chip person. Are you like a salty person or a sweet person in salty. general? Me too. I, I mean, I like sweets, but like. I do too, but I like definitely salty and savory. Yeah. I'm on that end. Okay, so this one I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that I'm going to try to keep my opinions to myself, but I don't know if I can. Um, <laughs> most people have heard of Casey Anthony. Uh, this was like a really, really big case. Obviously, like there's a 
so many missing like kids that go missing every single year and like a lot of which don't get news coverage but this one um whenever kaylee anthony went missing was like a huge ordeal um back in 2008 is whenever it happened so um especially i think it's a because she was adorable so that obviously got a ton of views the kid not casey anthony yes no the kid (laughs) kaylee that makes it kind of confusing but she was also two whenever she went missing so it was Mm. like she was so little um but there's a lot of really, really weird things about this case, and I can't – oh, it pisses me off so bad. Okay, whatever. So we're going to get into it. Um, Casey Anthony lives in Orlando, Florida with her daughter, Kaylee Anthony, who is obviously two years old. I just said that. Um, so Casey Anthony was raised by George and Cindy uh, with her brother, Lee. Cindy's a nurse. George is a former police officer, and he's now a security guard. This all comes into play. I'm mentioning it for a reason. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so Casey's described growing up as personable. She's smart. She's popular. Um, and her childhood was, like, completely normal on all fronts, like mm-hmm. nothing crazy. But in high school, um, she starts getting caught up in what started off as very little white lies. Um, it's like the senior skip day lies, nothing like crazy. She just like slowly but surely is becoming less trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So it's her senior year of high school and she's getting set to graduate. She's ordering her cap and gown. She's doing all of the senior year activities. She's accepting gifts and money for graduation. And then at the day before commencement, the school calls Cindy, her mom. Hmm. They tell her that Casey isn't eligible for graduation uh, and that Casey had known this. They'd had plenty of meetings about it. They had made her very aware that she was not going to graduate. They had been telling her that she didn't have enough credits because she had skipped almost the entirety of her senior year, the second semester, just never came to school ever. Wow. So Cindy goes to Casey and is like, what do you mean you're not graduating? And Casey basically ends up saying something along the lines of like, yeah, they messed up my credits. It's their fault. But you know what? I'm just going to, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. So Cindy Sus. Um, decides that she's going to go along with the facade with Casey instead of trying to, instead of just being like, all right, well, now you have so to. So now the mom is pissed at the school for like messing up her Not credits? even pissed at the school. She's just like, okay, well, we're going to help you do it online or whatever. They Do they know that online. Casey's lying? Or? Yeah. Okay. No, that she oh. admitted to lying the whole time, but she was like, they oh, were like, okay. okay, whatever. We're just going to work with it. So okay, gotcha. they end up throwing her this elaborate graduation party and they don't tell anybody that she didn't actually graduate. Oh my god! They tell people that the school messed up paperwork so she couldn't walk, but that she did graduate. So they're just taking people's money, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So this ends up being a really big foreshadow that enables Casey because it's just another mm-hmm. one of the stories that Casey has no consequences for any of her actions. She just thinks lying makes life easier. Lying gets people on your side. Yikes. Lying means that you get to work half as hard and then reap all the benefits Mm -hmm. if you're just convincing enough. As long as you can be convincing enough, you're good. Yeah. Uh, And so that worked and it would work for a pretty large portion of her life. So 19 years old. Um, Cindy Anthony notices that her daughter who still lives in her house is putting on weight. Casey denies that she's pregnant though. And she tells her mom, mom, I'm definitely not pregnant. I know I'm not pregnant because I've never even had sex. <laughs> and um a few more months go by um until Casey just breaks down out of nowhere and tells her parents that she is in fact pregnant. 
Um, so while Casey is obviously pregnant with God's baby, this sounds familiar, Mary, I'm looking at you (laughs) while Casey is obviously pregnant at this point, it's like around the time their family's going to a family reunion. And so she's very pregnant at this point. Everyone's like making comments about like, we didn't even know you were having a baby. And she's like, I'm not, I don't. Oh my gosh. And her mom is going along with the lie too. And being like, yeah, she's not, she just put on a little bit of weight. Like since she graduated, like just isn't. What? Yeah. Like, it's very obviously obvious. the mom has some problems yes. too here. Um. So to this day, no one knows who the father of Kaylee Anthony is. What? Casey has never given up that information, even though she's been asked multiple times. She's not willing to give up the information. Oh at all. wow! Um, originally, she told her mother that it was a one night stand, but then she called the next day, called her mom, crying hysterically, telling her that Eric Baker was the father of Kaylee, who was like an old boyfriend of hers. Um. And he was killed in a car accident that day. So like the day, so she tells her, okay, it was a one night stand. The next day she calls her back and she was like, just kidding. It wasn't a one night stand. It was this kid, Eric, and he just died in a car accident. Oh, okay. Yes. But Casey also has an ex named Jesus Ortiz, who people thought was the father, but Jesus did die in a car accident. So... (laughs) <laughs> who, who all died? Two people died in a car accident? Well, she's saying Eric Baker did, but no one knows who that is. Oh. She said it was an ex-boyfriend of hers, but no one had ever met him. So she's saying it was this guy, Eric Baker, but unfortunately he died in a car accident today? Yes. And, then she's, <laughs> and so did Jesus, another boyfriend who she But Jesus saying. is real. Jesus is definitely real. Okay. What? Exactly. And this is not the only time you're going to have this reaction okay. to the story, because it gets crazy. My, I do have a question, though. Yes. Jesus... I'm assuming is not a white man named Jesus. Is it? I don't think so. I've never known a white man, including Jesus Christ himself. Right. So I'm wondering if he is what I'm assuming. I could be incorrect, but also if I met a white guy named Jesus, like I just have a lot of questions. Right. But like (laughs) if I met or just based off of his name, I'm assuming he's Hispanic. I right. could be wrong. I don't no, know. Ortiz. No, yeah, Ortiz he, he and Jesus, right? I would think he's Hispanic. Was his his was the daughter? I mean, she was. Well, they don't know that she was never DNA tested, and Why she was only alive for that? two years. Yeah, but you don't get DNA tested when you're born. No, I know. I guess I guess I don't know enough details about how she died or where how much she was decomposed. She was very decomposed. Okay, too much. Point. So there was no way that they were. Okay, gonna, I was gonna... not really. And then those two men were never DNA tested. So they had nothing to compare it to. Wow, so she really got off the hook with that one. Yeah, so that, yeah, she's all fine and good. But and the apparently they're both dead anyway, so it doesn't I matter. feel like being, or at least most of the time, I guess some Hispanic people are, like, fairer skin. Mm-hmm. So you like if you're Cuban or something. Yeah, yeah, like, you couldn't necessarily tell if they were Hispanic or not. But I feel like even when you're little. Maybe if she's mixed and, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, interesting. I was just wondering if she looked Hispanic or not. Uh, kind of, I mean, potentially. Well, post-picture, you can... Say for yourself. Okay. So, uh, August 9th, 2005, Kaylee Marie Anthony is born. uh, And Casey is a good mom by all accounts of anybody that says anything. She's very attentive. She's involved. She's patient. She's good. Um, Kaylee never had any signs of abuse or neglect. Uh, Casey's still living at home, though, so her parents can help her out because she is working and all of that. Mm -hmm. Casey would take Kaylee over to her friends' and boyfriends' houses a lot. She was always very attentive. Even whenever she would take her over, her friends were like, no, she was always paid attention to Kaylee. She wasn't pawning pawning her off. Like, she always was a good mom. Um, 
Hmm. Uh, and she didn't even let anyone smoke near Kaylee. Like all of her friends smoked cigarettes and she like wouldn't let them smoke around the baby, like everything. So people thought that Casey was starting to turn her life around for the sake of Kaylee. Like it looked like mm-hmm. everything's on the up and up. Um, she, her friends reported that she was usually the DD and that she never did drugs. She was like, she, she'd been a little crazy in high school, but she was turning around. So for two years, Casey tells her parents that she's working at Universal as a party planner there. Mm-hmm. And so for two years, she is just straight up lying to them every single day. So she's like doing what that one guy in our Annihilators video mm-hmm. or episode did where he just rode the bus for yep. the whole day. Yep. She would get up, get ready no. for work, leave. No one knows where she, what, she where, what she was doing, where she's going. And she's such a liar that – oh, God, she drives me crazy. Such a liar that still to this day no one knows where she was going, what she was doing. Because everybody thought she was She working. was just probably BSing around. Yeah. Like – she would create uh, – listen to this. She would create fake email accounts and email herself office memos to show her parents and her friends, like, at home. Like, oh, I just got another work email. She was no. emailing herself. Honestly? She was making fake email accounts. Honestly smart. Like, oh, no, very smart. But it literally would have been it shows less work to just get a job. That just shows how calculated she is. Oh. Like, it, she's smart. It gets crazier. Oh. She's smart, but also stupid. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah, no, I'm sure she's Not even like – I think she is smart. It's the fact that she really thinks that everyone's going to take her word for it because she's so convincing. Because mm-hmm. for such a long time, it worked. Like, no one questioned her on that. Yeah. Um. So it's June 16th, 2008. Um, Cindy Anthony leaves the house at 7 a.m. and goes to work. This is crazy. In 2000 – summer of 2008, we were going uh, – we were about to go into sixth grade. Yep. Wow, weird. I remember that. I don't. Really? You don't remember your first day of sixth grade? No. Oh, I do. <gasps> yeah, kind of. I know exactly where my locker was. <gasps> Me too. Ooh. <sighs> I don't know okay. why that's like, exciting. Um, okay, so George leaves the house that afternoon, and he sees his granddaughter Kaylee that he doesn't know. It'll be the last time that he sees her. Aww. After that afternoon, she will disappear. <gasps> So remember, it's June 16th, 2008. Keep that date in mind. June 16th. At 7 p.m. that night, Casey Anthony meets up with her new boyfriend, Tony Lazario. He's a college student at UCF, and he's originally from New York. Casey and Tony go to Blockbuster. They get some movies. And then Tony and his roommate reported that Casey was totally normal the whole night. No distress, no sadness, no panic, nothing. Um, Apparently, she said that Kaylee was over at her parents' house that night. She decided to ask the boys if she could smoke weed for the first time. And so they smoked that night and they watched blockbuster movies. Mm-hmm. Casey, um, after that, essentially basically just moves in with them. Her parents are confused about where she is and if she has Kaylee with her, though, because they don't have Kaylee. Oh. She barely gives them an explanation. She's like, yeah, no, we're actually just kind of staying here right now. I'm just going to bring her stuff here. And she has all of her stuff and all of Kaylee's stuff at Tony's house. And she's basically living out of their house at this point. Oh, mm-hmm. shoot. Um, so four days after she sort of like moves in with them, she enters a hot body contest at Fuse Ultra Lounge. What? Tony is a party promoter at this place. Oh, and right. so they host this whole Dang. hot body contest. And, you know, there's pictures everywhere. They're taking pictures the whole night. These pictures, obviously, once everything happens with Kaylee, are posted everywhere. Oh, mm-hmm. So those are, like, some I've of the pictures. That. Here, I'll find some of them. They were basically, like, on every – whenever all of this happened, they are plastered everywhere because – It had been she, taken after Kaylee was already missing. Um, She looks very happy in these photos. 
Oh, yeah. Like, very carefree. Uh, Casey's parents think that Casey has Kaylee. Casey's friends think that Casey's parents have Kaylee. Huh. Casey thinks... It's like... At the time, that her nanny, Zenaida Rodriguez-Gonzalez, has kidnapped her two-year-old. Gonzalez. Gonzalez said it. Yeah. It's Gonzalez. It's because I have it. I have a typo here, and I panicked at the last second about how I had this spelled. Gonzalez. Gonzalez. <laughs> the problem being, even though Zenaida has obviously kidnapped her two-year-old, Kaylee hasn't told anybody that. She's never mentioned that her daughter's been kidnapped. I'm She's confused just about that part. No, exactly. She's what? saying that the nanny mm-hmm. now has stolen mm-hmm. the baby. Yep. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm just letting you sit on that because it still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, no one had ever heard of, she calls her Zanny, Zanny the nanny. Okay. No one has heard of Zanny the nanny until a few weeks before Casey had gone missing. She had just started mentioning that she had this nanny who was watching Kaylee while she was at work at Universal as a party planner. Hmm. Quote, unquote. So June 21st, Casey's journal entry says, I completely trust my own judgment. I know that I have made the right decision. This is the happiest that I have been in a long time. And I hope that this happiness continues to grow. So this would have been after her daughter was supposedly kidnapped Hmm. by Sandy the nanny. Mm-hmm. problem being with the actual date in there that um it doesn't have a year so people think that it could have been from any year but mm-hmm. i mean technically it's just like it could be circumstantial yeah whatever it doesn't prove anything but it's awfully suspicious um so it's july 2nd uh casey goes to a tattoo parlor and gets a bella vita on her back which mm-hmm. means beautiful life uh she says later that she got that tattoo to honor kaylee her missing daughter that she hasn't notified anybody about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, June 23rd. So this is backtracking a little bit. I don't know why I don't have it in order. That would have been helpful, but whatever. That's okay. um, Casey and her boyfriend go into the Anthony home and they get gas cans from the shed while no one is there. Um, she apparently had a really bad problem with running out of gas. And so there were gas cans at the ready in the shed all the time that her dad would leave, just like expecting her to call and being like, dad, I ran out of gas again. And he would just go wherever she was and fill up her tank. And he, like, vouches for her on that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. George Anthony realizes that they're missing, though, and he gets into an argument with Casey about it. And George ends up calling the police and saying that she broke in and stole my gas cans. And he he was, like, over it with her. I guess she had been, like, really manipulating and using him, and he was pissed. So she says at first that she didn't take them at all. But then he was like, Casey, I know you have them. Bring them back right now or else I'm calling the cops. And so she does come and she returns them. Um, She may have actually needed gas for her car people think but she can't pay for it and she can't tell them that because as far as they know she has a full-time job as a party planner at universal that makes good money um so casey is making excuses the whole time as to why her parents can't see kaylee she's keeps saying oh she yeah she's with the nanny she is at SeaWorld. she is at disney she's at universal making up all of these things and mm-hmm. so Lee gets a ride with Casey. Lee is her brother. Gets a ride with Casey one day around the same time and notices that her car smells really bad as they're driving it. And it's a kind of bad that he sort of recognizes. He knows that it smells a lot like decomposition. Hmm. He, she said, whenever he brings it up, she said that a squirrel had climbed into her engine and had died in there. Casey's friends also noticed the smell. And she told the friends that she'd hit an animal while driving and hadn't realized that the animal had gotten stuck up underneath her car. 
And this is all a week after the gas can incident yeah. situation happened. So it's all happening at the same time. So that week, um, her Pontiac is towed while she is at a check cashing place, building place. She had been writing bad checks for weeks and it comes out after she had been in this place and finds that her car has been towed from out there. I guess they repossessed it. I don't really know how any of that stuff works. <laughs> um, Me either. Yeah. Uh, George gets a notice that the car is in the tow yard. The car is in his name. So he yeah. gets a notice. And he goes to the impound lot. He's pissed off. And that's when the guy that works there walks him out. And they both notice this odor that's coming from the car. Oh, God. Uh, George is an officer. Well, he was a police officer. The dad? Yeah. Oh, and he wow. immediately – he works as, as a security guard at that point, but he had been an officer for, for years. years. Yeah. And immediately recognizes the smallest decomposition just like his son did. He opens the trunk, oh. and he knows that he hasn't seen Kaylee in weeks. He is nervous. He goes over, opens up the trunk, and he is relieved to find a full garbage bag of pizza with maggots all over it. Oh. And he's relieved. It's just garbage, but he knows, like, in his gut. Yeah, because I, I feel like if you that. were – a police officer for years unfortunately mm-hmm. you probably know what decomposing mm-hmm. right and, and obviously like. i've never smelled it but apparently it's, it's like putrid yeah. yeah and apparently it's very distinct like, like you know yeah. when you smell it and he was like this i think he wanted to believe that it was the pizza and the maggots and whatever garbage of is in course you would want to believe that yeah like um so yeah but now he's pissed about this whole thing about the impound lot, how terribly she treated this car that's his, whatever. So it's his last straw with his daughter. He demands that Casey come home and stop living at Tony's house. At this point, Kaylee has not been seen by anybody else for an entire month. Wow. So um, Casey comes home to get her car. Long story short, Casey ends up telling her parents that her daughter has not been seen for a month. And her parents are like, what, you know, what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. And so her mom ends up calling the police freaking out. And so the 911 call, if you Google it, it's like available. Um, Mom is freaking out. Can't believe it. Like, she's like, this car smells bad. And she's freaking out. She's like, this car smells like a dead body. My, my daughter just told me that, that she's been missing for a whole month. She's been kidnapped by the, you know, it's immediately buying her daughter's story basically about, Oh yes, she's not questioning oh, Casey. I thought I mean, you she were kind, saying like she kind of is. She's sort of like, yeah, I don't know why she hadn't mentioned it, but wasn't saying like, oh yeah. Oh, I thought you were her. gonna say that like she was through with her games, like her crap. No, Dad seems to be more through with the games than Mom. Gotcha. At the time, and this changes throughout the story too. Hmm. So, um, they hand the operator says, "Can you put your daughter on the phone?" And so she puts Casey on the phone, and Casey, cool, calm, and collected. It's the it's the creepiest thing. She's like, yeah, I yeah, she's been missing for thirty one days. Wait, can we listen to it? Yeah, I'm so curious. Yeah. There's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the car. Someone here that I need to um, be arrested in my home. There they are right now. Possible missing child. Two hours later, a much more frantic call. <laughs> I called a little bit ago, the deputy sheriff saying that I found out my granddaughter has been taken. She has been missing for a month. Her, her mother finally admitted that she's been missing. My daughter finally admitted that the baby to the store. I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba- the baby is where? I tried to contact her. I actually received a phone call today. 
The dispatcher gets some details from the young mother, then asks, why now? Why, why are you calling now? Why didn't you call 31 days ago? I've been looking for her and have gone through other resources to try to find her, which is stupid. Hmm. So it's suspicious. So mom tries earlier that day to call the police for stealing her car. Mm-hmm. And then it, she calls back later and is like, I called the sheriff's department earlier. It, my daughter just admitted that my granddaughter is missing and yeah. has been missing for a month. So um, other part that's interesting, did you notice what I noticed? Hmm. That she says that she talked to her that day? Yeah. She, she goes on at, to the nanny. She gets on at one point and says, I was on the phone with my daughter for about a minute. Oh, she says that. Her I, daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she manages like, oh, yeah, z- like, what's her name? Zanida? Zanny? Whatever. Zanny. Yeah. Zanny. Let me talk to her for like a minute. And that was all I got. So she's like, I know who has her. So that's why she's pretending to be so calm. Kind of, yeah. So at this point, Kaylee has been missing for 31 days. So in the police investigation, there's a whole interrogation um, that you can also look up to. But they ask her, how do you know Zenaida Gonzalez? She said that she knew her through a friend at Universal who had hired her as a nanny for his two-year-old son, Zach. But she never even worked at a Universal. Um, well, she did work at Universal as a customer service person, um, not as a party planner. Uh, she worked there at, like, the front desk for, like, and she had been fired, like, a year and a half before that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but she said she had a friend at Universal who had a two-year-old son named Zach, and he had hired Zenaida, and so sometimes Zenaida would watch the two kids together. Mm-hmm. Um, so they end up going to this friend of hers from Universal, finding him and asking him what he knows about Zenaida. He said he hasn't seen Casey in several years. He doesn't know who Zenaida is. He doesn't even have a kid. Oh, my. Like, at least pick someone who has a kid. Then they ask her, okay, fine. Where does she live? She provides an address, and they, all of them, the police and her, go to Zenaida's house. She tells them that the apartment number and describes the inside of the house, what it looks like down to the couches, the curtains, like exactly what it looks like. They go there, and the leasing manager tells them that he doesn't know Zenaida. Zenaida's never lived there because no one has lived there for months. It's been a vacant apartment for months. Okay. So she's just, everything she's saying is get, like biting her in the butt. Yep. So then they add, they say that like, okay, show us your job at Universal. Like we need a, like a lot more information on you. She starts saying that she had told some of her coworkers that, Kay- that Kaylee was missing. She's like, I didn't tell a lot of my friends, but I did tell a couple of my coworkers at Universal. So I just can't, I can't with this. Um, they were like, okay, well, let's go to your work and we're going to talk to your coworkers. What does she think is going to The security guard looks through his list of employees and he said, I don't have you on this list. You don't work here. So she keeps telling him, check it again. Of course I work here. Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, can't believe it, whatever. So a supervisor comes in, wonders why there's all these police here. They hear about a missing kid and he's like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to cooperate. Let's them in. She marches up to the fifth floor really confidently. She's saying hi to people in the hallway. Hey, guys, what's up? Waving, like saying hey. She gets to the end of the hallway on the fifth floor and then just turns around and laughs and shrugs and was like, okay, I actually don't work here anymore. What? I'm not kidding. Oh, my gosh. And they're pissed. The police officers are like, what is wrong with you? Your daughter's missing and you're wasting time. Like, she's been missing for 31 days. And, and they you just let us the fifth that. floor of Universal? <sighs> for what? Yeah. Like, you were trapped. Yeah, what do you do once you get there? Like, you sit at someone else's desk and, yeah. like, pretend it's yours and what? 
And then w- these coworkers that you don't have because you don't work there, you can introduce them. Hope that someone's just going to vouch for your story that isn't real. Yeah. Like that's not, it's none not, of this is well thought out at all. No, like all. it's all just lies that you're thinking of in the moment. Yeah. Just to keep going. And you can watch the interrogation oh, footage, which is like, idiot. it's cringeworthy. It's like secondhand embarrassment because you're like, just the feeling of getting caught in a lie in itself was anxiety oh, inducing for me. But the yes. idea of like all these police officers being like, what is wrong with you? Like, you, but it's she has full confidence, and the scary about her is she'll give you a crazy amount of detail to be like, oh yeah, no, this is his name. He has a two-year-old son named Zach. So yeah, you don't met. question it. Yeah, no, because the more details that you give, she's like, yeah, it happened. On but a- like at this point, like they're going to take what you say mm-hmm. and like follow up with it. It's not just right. like, oh, what's the story? Yes. Okay, cool, you have one. It was like she was expecting them to have like, full confidence in her. Yes, and then to not investigate mm-hmm. any further mm-hmm. in it. Well, if you think about it, her lies had always worked out for her. She could lie, and no one checked her on it, and That's then someone like, bought her out at the end. I, I like again when you're. I would think we said this in an episode prior, but like, oh yeah, we did. Of like, um, when you're getting caught in a lie, like yeah. how weird that yeah. feels when you're like a little kid or something, yes. and you're like, oh shoot, like yes. this isn't. Gonna and you work made out. up a stupid lie whenever you were yeah. little, and you were like, oh now everyone's gonna find out. Yes, and it's like it, you can't but see you're it through. Adult. Right. And you're still not thinking it through, like, to yes. the point, to the end point. Obviously, nothing's going to happen from this. And you adapt and you have a moral compass, for one. You also have, like, lies that just straight up aren't worth it. Why would I lie and tell you that I well, and am just a black like, belt in karate? I wouldn't because there's no reason for me to lie, but that's stupid. And if someone, like, put you to the test for that, like, yeah, I would know you're just going to get nothing. embarrassed. Yes. I'm and like, it's okay. like, yeah, when you're an adult, part of you has to know, like, you have to foresee yes. the lie to be like at least partially realistic. Yep. I think her parents like did her a crazy disservice her whole life of like buying her out of things. And she just thought like, oh yeah, eventually someone believes me and help comes. Oh gosh. Again, she must feel so dumb. She has to, but then you're watching it and she's still so confident as this whole thing is going on. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing. She misses so many social cues of like, you're not even trying to look like a, right like a grieving mother it's like that narcissistic personality thing of like trying to like pantomime what you think normal people do and how normal people act but you never get it quite right because it's just not genuine and people know that right like you're just trying to act like oh yeah no i'm of course i'm upset no No. you're not like no everyone knows that my biggest fear is getting put into a situation like that and i am being genuine but for some reason i'm not responding correctly oh really oh yeah and then they're just like, no, that's not what a normal person would do. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm trying to be normal, but, like, I don't know what <laughs> no, I'm doing no, wrong. you're second-guessing it and then third-guessing it. <laughs> yeah, and people just keep telling me that that's, like, not how things work when people go through stuff like that. And it's my genuine reaction, but it's wrong. Oh, I actually think that's a new fear to add to the list. Okay, well, I'm scared of that. <laughs> Sorry. So now they come back from Universal, and now she's being interrogated because the police are over it. And they're like, yeah. you just sent us on a wild goose chase. Um, oh gosh. So while she's being interrogated, George, her dad, pulls the officer aside and tells him about the smell of decomposition in the car. So clearly, he thinks that his daughter is capable of murder. Otherwise, he wouldn't have even mentioned it. Yep. Like you would not put your daughter in harm's way if you thought it was just going to be. Yeah. You know nothing. So no. Yeah. Forensics is already looking at the at the car with cadaver dogs, and no surprise, cadaver dogs immediately flip out as soon as they get to the trunk of Casey's Pontiac. There is a dog that did smell composition in the back of the Anthony home, but the second time they went back, nothing was detected, so they couldn't use that definitively. But at one point, a dog did 
smell something. Mm -hmm. There is a large stain of carpeting in the trunk that's about the size of a small child. There's also human hair in the back of the trunk. They cut out a portion of the fabric and send all of that to the lab for testing. Um, meanwhile, Cindy is changing her story to reporters. She didn't mean that the car in the 911 call, she says like, this car smells like a dead body. Apparently she's saying, I didn't mean that I thought an actual dead body was in it. I just was using it as a figure of speech that smelled really bad. No one says that. No. Um, so they are looking for Zenaida, the Anthony family, but mm -hmm. there's no trace of her. Um, they find one woman who matches the name who has never met Casey. And they have private investigators working for them, too. And the police are still looking for Zenaida just in case maybe Casey's crazy, but maybe part of her story is true. They find one woman who matches the name, but she's never met Casey. She's never even been a babysitter. They have no connection whatsoever. Like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Um. So Casey's officially a person of interest in the case. And so she hires Jose Baez, who ends up being one of the biggest criminal defense lawyers of all time, but not yet because this is really the case that like put him on the map. And he like, if you're like into true crime stuff at all, you know, his face at least because he's like a big, I forget who he even represented after that, but a lot of like bigger stories. So they also hire a, um, through Jose Baez, they hire a bounty hunter from Sacramento who puts up her bail for $5,000. Whoa. Um, the public at the time, though, has turned completely against Casey, and they're picketing outside of her house 24-7. It's a total madhouse. And so these bounty hunters had to deal with Casey's family, though. In order to post her bail, this guy's team had to keep an eye on her at all times. And so a woman from his team, her name is Tracy Conroy, she lives in the home with Casey for nine days while she's out on bail. Wow. And so she says that Kate, she comes forward after the whole trial is said and done and says like Casey's behavior the whole time that she was there was weird. Like it was mm. never, never crying over her kid. Like your two year old is missing. Right. And she's not like Ugh. never crying. So there's one night where she thinks she hears crying on the other side of the wall from Casey's bedroom. Mm -hmm. And so she goes over to see if she can like console she her. Laughing? And she said she felt like relief of like, Oh wow. Finally she's some human, human emotion yeah. from this woman. Opens up Casey's door to make sure that she's okay, and Casey is in there hysterically laughing. Casey's on what? Facebook and has gotten a message from a hot guy, and she's giggling and tells Tracy to come over and look at what he's saying to her. Oh, my gosh. Uh -huh. So oh, that makes my blood boil. Right? So then after that, evidence comes in from Casey's car. Um, an expert in body decomposition said that when a body decomposes, it releases specific gases. He said that he was able to come up with a method of detecting these gases, and he finds that all of the chemicals are present from the fabric that's cut on the car. Wow. So he's saying it's very obvious that something Someone, decomposed in yeah, there. Yeah, something died. Um, his, uh, then they also find the hair in there that oh, yeah. they're able to find out is either belongs to Kaylee, Casey, or Cindy based off of the DNA that they're finding on it. It's nine inches long. The hair is completely untreated and it's light brown. And because it's completely untreated and the length of it, they're able to figure out it's, it's more than likely Kaylee's. Wait, can you find out, you can't find out like DNA of who the father would be through hair. Could you? Well, I think you can, but they don't have the fathers to, to compare it to. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but the problem is there's also, um, like, hair analysis isn't really an exact science anyway. So, they can, like, probably say that it's Kaylee's, but nothing definitively. Uh, they also, but they do say that there is a band at the root, and it's called the decomposition band. It's found only on hairs that come from a decomposing body that release certain chemicals into the hair. Oh. They also find that there's chloroform in the <gasps> trunk. Oh very high gosh. levels. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, 
And this whole time, Casey is in prison. Uh, it's October 14th, 2008. Casey is finally charged with first degree murder, aggravated child abuse, and aggravated manslaughter of a child. It, oh, and providing false information to police. Mm. Uh, but at this point, there's still no body. So they're going with this whole murder thing and they don't have a body, but mm -hmm. they have enough evidence to say probably that she's probably dead. Yeah. Um, December 11th, 2008, police finally get a break. There's a guy named Roy Cronk, who's a utility worker in the area. Mm -hmm. um, and he's near, he works near the Anthony house. There's like a wooded area close to the Anthony home. Um, and he is back in the wooded area. He sees a suspicious trash bag. He calls the police to report it, knowing about the Anthony case, because everybody in yeah. the world knows about the Anthony yeah. case. They send him to a tip line, and then no one follows up. So then two months later, he's back in that area. He's in the woods peeing, and he sees that the garbage bag has been torn apart some, probably by animals. Um, whatever it was in the bag had been drug out, and he finds something small, round, and white. So he pokes at it with a stick, and he lifts it up to see that it is a very small human skull. <sighs> Yeah. Oh. So he calls investigators immediately, uh, and they that day they find the remains of Kaylee Marie Anthony less than a mile from her home. Oh my god! In a garbage bag that the garbage bag had been put into a canvas diaper bag. Oh my gosh. Um, it had been months at this point, including an entire Florida summer where there's humidity yeah. and there's animals, and you know this is swampland in here. Like it's just nothing. Wait, how much on. time passed between the first, like the initial call that he made about the garbage bag and when he was peeing and found it again? Um, they found it on December 11th, so two months before that is whenever he called. So, in so October. Oh, they if they would have followed up with the initial tip that he called in with, they mm -hmm. could have found it out a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. It actually would have been a couple days, depending on exactly when they found it. it. Assuming it's October 11th, it would have been a couple days before Casey was indicted. Uh, Not indicted, but she charged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charges are in the indicted, right? Huh? I think you're charged and then you're indicted. Honestly, don't know. I don't know either. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay. So at this point, it's been months, yada, yada, yada. Um, no one, her body is so decomposed now. There's no obvious trauma to the entire, it's just, she's bones. Like yeah. it's really decomposed and no one can determine a cause of death at this point. So the only thing that they're able to find from the body at first is three strips of duct tape in the front of the skull covering uh -huh. the mouth. I know I'm going to go not into too much detail because there's a lot. Um, one of the pieces of duct tape though did keep the mandible of her jaw bone in place to keep her jaw closed. Um, it was tested for prints. The only thing they could find was an adhesive from a heart-shaped sticker on the tape. Oh. It's really terrible. Like, it's just disgusting. Um, did you ever watch that show, Dr. G's Medical Examiner thing? No. Okay. She's, like, she's on TLC for, like, a long time. But mm -hmm. she is the chief medical examiner in the case. Um, and so she does the autopsy along with, like, a whole team of professors of anthropology that some of them – focus on juvenile forensic anthropology. So they're like the big top dogs here. Yeah. Um, they find the animals had chewed on the remains and taken bones around 30 feet away from the dump site. She said that this is all significant because um, they hypothesized that she was dumped there around the time of her kidnapping. So there's no way that someone had her and was taking her around anywhere. Like she died around the time that she was kidnapped. So she was, she's been there since August. Uh-huh. Wow. She's been there since June or, Oh, or July. She'd been there since July because... Oh, oh yeah, because she called in August mm -hmm. that she'd been yeah. missing for 31 days. Yeah. Um, Dr. G said that the first picture that provided her with the most evidence is the picture of her with the duct tape on her mouth. It's, like, mm. on her little baby skull. It's very sad. Oh. Um, she said there's hair that's all stuck in the tape. 
Um, but then whenever she removes the tape, all of her teeth are still intact. Wow. Um, normally teeth of children come out really easily whenever yeah. they're decomposing because Is they're not because rooted at all. Like shut. She tells us that that means that it, it had to have been put on her before she started decomposing. Mm-hmm. And then it was probably over her nose and mouth and suffocated her. So they think the duct tape had something to do with her cause of death. Oh, um, that's very sad. Yes. And then oh. they, but then they inspect the skull for trauma inside and outside and there's no traumatic injury at all. So it wasn't like she bumped her head. So they think accident. it was just suffocation. Potentially, but there's no way to know. Yeah. Um, so then they charge after they find the body, they charge Casey with capital murder in the prosecution. Um, and she would get the death penalty if convicted, but it also means that they're super confident about this and that it was premeditated. Yeah. Um, a plea deal is presented, but Casey said not in a million years was her exact quote on her plea deal. Hmm. She said she didn't do it. Um, That's still her story. Mm-hmm. Oh, so uh, the jury pool is ages 32 to 65, nine women, eight men. Um, but the jury pool had to be really limited because of the notoriety of the case. Cause it's mm-hmm. literally everywhere. Yeah. Um, they took the trial to Clearwater instead of Orlando, but it's still not enough to get an unbiased jury. Mm-hmm. Uh, over 40 million people ended up watching the trial live. Wow. 40 million people? 40 million people. That's a lot. Yeah. Everyone knew. Um, even the judge said that Casey's demeanor would change based off of whether the jury was in the room or not. So whenever the jury's in the room, she is pious. She's crying. She's so upset. And then whenever they're not there, she couldn't care less. She's putting on a show. Yeah. Everything is a show. Gross. Um, Prosecution focuses on the child-free life that Casey would live without Kaylee if she could just get rid of her. They paint this picture that um, Casey knocks Kaylee out with chloroform, suffocates her with the duct tape, transport her body to the wooded area behind her home to dump her. They use use the the 31-day footage when Kaylee is missing against Casey of all of the times she went out and she got this tattoo and she's in the hot body yep. contest, all this stuff. Yep. They also find the matching bag for the canvas bag that she was found in. It came in a set. The other one is in Casey's closet. Oh my God. Like, are you Obviously. serious? Yeah. Why deny it at yes. this point? But the defense decides to pull out all the stops. Okay. He doesn't deny that Casey had knowledge of her daughter's death and that she had been lying, but she lied because it was a family secret and this family was judged in secrets. Kayla's death was a tragic accident involving the Anthony family above ground pool. Someone had left the ladder down. Kaylee had wandered outside and had fallen in while Casey was asleep, while her dad was supposed to be watching her. George Anthony goes outside, finds the body, wakes Casey up screaming, look what you've done. Your mother, your mother will never forgive you for this. George is the cover up to protect Casey. He wants to help his daughter, gets the garbage bags, seals her up with duct tape. He does this. No, come on. Mm -hmm. Why would he tell the police all this information? Uh, No, he didn't. He didn't tell the police. No, no, I'm saying about like the body decomposing the smell Mm -hmm. like he told evidence against her so why would they even think that the story would work like does he testify against all this uh no he never gets put on stand what he's not allowed to testify basically well hold on there you're gonna yeah it'll make a little more sense um they said that he sealed up case or kaylee's body the way that he had sealed up all the family pets and buried them in the backyard um, no one had ever heard this story before at this point. It had never been speculated even. The garbage bags are – oh, wait. 
No, I'm saying that wrong. No one has ever heard the story before. It's never been speculated. Mm-hmm. Casey then takes off a month to get away from her family because her dad is just so evil and she needs to be so far away from him and go move in with Tony. That's why she was gone for a month. Because the dad's evil. Mm-hmm. In 2009, uh, Casey shared a jail cell for five days with, with a woman named April Wyland. Mm-hmm. I think is how you say her name. Um, on Christmas Day 2007, the body of April's toddler was found drowned in her family pool by April's baby's father. A um, PI claimed that he came up with the story after he had been looking at the aerial photos of the family home. And he said that the ladder was down on all the photos of the pool. And he mentioned it to Casey and Jose that it was possible that that's what could have happened. Hmm. So does that make sense? So she's so Casey taking- had had told Jose and the private investigator, yeah, I was in a jail cell with this woman. And listen how sad the story is about how her daughter drowns in a family pool. And then somebody had said, oh, yeah, well, look at the aerial shots of your family's home. It looks like that's what could have happened to Kaylee. Oh, my gosh. And they just took it and freaking ran with it. They also say that Roy Cronk had actually moved the remains. He'd accidentally tampered with evidence, but it wasn't intentional. So they tried to argue that he had contaminated the whole crime scene. He claimed that George Anthony had been molesting Casey throughout her childhood. It was why Casey showed no emotions throughout those 31 days because of all of her trauma. Years of trying to hide her abuse had trained her to put her emotions to the wayside. A few weeks before the trial, George Anthony is made aware that there will be accusations. And he's warned you can't react whenever you're in the courtroom. Otherwise, you can't be in there. What? So they tell him ahead of time, like, basically part of Casey's defense in order for her to get away with this or to be able to not and get jail he's time. he's on her side at this point? Like, he wants her to get out or what? Kind of. I mean, like, it's his it's his kid. I mean, he ends up, at this point now, no, but at the time, it was, like, anything to get my innocent daughter. He thinks he knows his kid, you know? Oh. Um, and so you can see the footage, too, of his reaction, and he's just stone-cold staring, like – but, and the thing is, he knew ahead of time that they were going to do this, but uh, the jury is watching him, like, not react to any of this, probably thinking, like, why isn't he having, like, a shocked reaction almost, you know? Yeah. They basically try to go with the story that Kaylee was just another Anthony family secret that Casey was forced to bear for the sake of her family. Yeah. But then the thing is, they bring that up in the very beginning of the trial, but then the claims were never brought up again about her father, just that once. They never provided any evidence. They didn't talk about it anymore. It was just one time. And apparently it had, I mean, sexual abuse and sexual trauma in itself is going to have a pretty lasting impact on the jury anyways. Yeah, sure. Um, For sure. And so it did its job. So the prosecution asked George Anthony on the stand. Oh, I'm sorry. He did take the stand. Asked George Anthony on the stand if he was abusing Casey. And he said, absolutely not. Okay. So I think he's like willing to help her to a point, but like he's not going to go up there and lie, I guess, or he's not going to go up there and attack his own character. So cross-examination never even asks him about it though. Cross-examination doesn't even like go after him to be like, Oh really? What about this? Cause they don't have anything. Right. <laughs> but they do ask about a suicide attempt that he had in 2009 after Kaylee's body was found. Um, he had tried to overdose in a hotel with a note that said, I need to be with Kaylee right now. Um, but then he ended up not taking enough pills and they found him in time. But Aww. But people are using that as like, oh, it was guilt. Mm -hmm. Um, Car forensics is also brought up in the trial, and so are Google searches. March of 2008, months before Kaylee disappeared, someone had used the Anthony family computer to Google chloroform and how to make it. So the reason that that is 
pertinent. Obviously, we talked about how there's chloroform in the back of the car, but a medical examiner says that there's no reason to put duct tape over someone else's mouth when they're already dead. So it would have been before she died because why else would you have done that? Yeah. Um, there's dispute over – people think that that's where the chloroform comes in. That there's chloroform in cleaning products, though, is where there starts to be a discrepancy. So people think maybe there was just a lot of cleaning products, even though it doesn't sound like Casey was the kind of person that used a lot of cleaning products, judging by the maggots and the pizza on her car. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Um, but here is where Cindy comes to her daughter's rescue again. And she says that she's been the one to, that searched chloroform on the computer because she said that the family dog had gotten poison from the bamboo leaves in the backyard and she had tried to search chlorophyll. She looked into chloroform for a few minutes out of interest whenever it popped up on Google. And then she got bored of it and just exited out. And then never searched chlorophyll. Yeah, apparently not, no. <laughs> but then here's the kicker. Uh, she was actually at work when that happened. To, and they, they were able to find the electronic time cards to prove it. So she's just lying. That's just not true. Jeez, why? Um, yeah. And then hair fibers are brought up in the trial also because technically they can't be 100% without a doubt proven. Um, the uh, drowning story is never brought up again and no evidence points towards drowning. They literally just like present it and then do nothing with it. Um Basically, the last final argument by the prosecution is met with pictures of Casey's partying, and they basically said, whose life was better with Kaylee dead? Hmm. Uh, obviously, Casey. Um, Jose Baez was not allowed to talk about the abuse allegations in his closing arguments because he never brought about any evidence to try to prove it, so he wasn't allowed to bring that up at the very end. Hmm. He showed a picture instead of the back door of the Anthony home, and in the picture, Kaylee is opening the door and the pool is visible. Um, and it just happens to be like a very cinematic moment. Uh, and that was all he presented. There was literally no facts at all. Now the jury deliberates for less than 11 hours. The verdict is brought in by the jury and it is found not guilty of first degree murder. What? You're kidding. She was found guilty of lying to police. However, that charge was sentenced. Uh, she would be sentenced to four years in prison, but she had already been incarcerated for three years waiting for her trial to begin. Uh, and she had earned time for good behavior. So Casey Anthony was set free 10 days after her trial. Absolute bull crap. Thank you. Yeah. And I people think that it was a mistake that they had tried to get her on capital murder instead of, um, you know, trying to get her a lesser sentence because people didn't think it was, like, as open and shut as, I don't know. I, that, I, that was the final thing? Does it? What? So she's here? She's... Yeah, what? she's roaming around. Yeah. No I want to see where she lives now. Freaking way. Yep. Isn't that crazy? You're kidding. That pisses me off. Okay, can't see Anthony today. Let's see what it says. No freaking way. Yeah. Um and people get she'll be oh 15 years old today. Gosh. That's so sad. Today? Uh no, oh. there's August 9th. No, she so there's she would have just literally 15. rotting in jail cells mm -hmm. for marijuana. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's walking around? Yep. She's just oh chilling. She's just hanging. God. I hate our justice system. Nope. I can't stand it. It's, it's so crazy. bad. Her and her her and oh, her family don't have a relationship no. anymore. I think after that, it was sort of like, you know, they cut all ties. How could she go anywhere without getting, like, spit on? No, she can't. And she tried to use that as, like, this whole thing has ruined my life. You, and everyone's oh like, shut gosh. up. Um, here, there's something from the beginning of August from something that she did. Uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, Casey Anthony, 
She was acquitted of killing her two-year-old daughter. That is so You were convicted of one thing, the Associated Press says. She said, lying to the cops. People lie to the cops every day. Cops lie to people every day. I'm just one of the unfortunate idiots who admitted that they lied. Was the lying out of panic. My dad was a cop. You can read into what you want to. Touching on the conviction for lying, is there anything that you regret with that? Why, what didn't you keep straight? Here's the problem. Even if I would have told them everything that I eventually told to the psychologist who evaluated me and the two psychologists who evaluated me, evaluated me over the course of three years, I hate to say this, but I firmly believe that I would still have been in the same place because cops believe other cops. Cops tend to victimize the victims. I've never tried to make myself a victim. I see why I was treated the way I was, even had I been completely truthful. What were you truthful about? It was things that I didn't know at the time about how she died. I didn't know at the time. I'm still not even certain as I stand here today, sure about what happened. To your understanding, how did she die? I don't know. What about drowning? Everyone has their theories. I don't know. As I stand here today, I can't tell you one way or another. The last time I saw my daughter, I believe she was alive and was going to be okay. And that's what was told to me. She was being babysat with her parents? No, my father told me she was going to be okay and that she was okay. So your parents had her? My dad did. My mom was at work. The next thing you know, she's missing. How did it play out? I did what I was told. I don't remember much of what happened. Again, these were several psychological evaluations. Even after everything transpired, even months, even within a year, I don't have any personal knowledge of these things because this isn't my belief. I read the evaluations. I wasn't present during whatever happened. If I was, something would have shown showed up. Casey wants more kids. For a long time, she was like, no way. A separate source told People Magazine in October 2018. The time has changed that, and she's now open to it. Casey's father, George Anthony, expressed that knowing that she could potentially be a mom again made him nervous. I hope she does better this time around than what she did last time. That's it. As of 2017, Anthony was living in South Florida. Where do we live? Mid-Florida. It's too close for comfort. With Patrick McKenna, a private detective who worked as the lead investigator on her case in 2011 trial and the death of her daughter. She's also employed by McKenna, and she helps him with his current cases by doing social media searches and other types of investigative work. What? McKenna is also known for his work on the O.J. Simpson case. What? Uh, wait a minute. She works as a researcher. But it doesn't say that they're, like, together. She runs a photography business in West Palm Beach. Who? Who is signing up for that? <laughs> Are you kidding? In 2016, Casey Anthony returned to the spotlight as she tried to start a new career as a photographer. She filed papers to register her business, Case Photography LLC, in West Palm Beach, which is where she currently lives in Patrick's home. He was even spotted out with her, helping her while she took some practice shots with her camera, according to Daily Mail. What? Who is getting their pictures taken by Casey Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, that is a case that is technically, quote unquote, unsolved, though we definitely 100% know that Casey Anthony is a I liar. cannot believe this one. Right? Okay. Oh, 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 oh. The part, know the, part, the like creepy this. part that me and Emerson talked about. So the part that really freaked us out, we watched a documentary. It was like a three-part oh, yeah. series that was on Hulu, I think. Um, it's like an ID documentary. It was really good. But one of the last things they talk about is how um, people think that, Ka- that Casey probably kept up with her whole facade and like going out and doing her whole party girl scene stuff whenever Kaylee was little. Um, and how chances are that judging just by her character as a human being, they think that it was possible that maybe she did have a nanny, Zanny the nanny. Zanny. Xanax. What? what if she was giving her Xanax? Who? The baby? Yeah, what if she was giving Kaylee Xanax? Zanny. Zanny the nanny. <laughs> Xanax would nanny her child while she was out. She would just give her some Xanax. 
my gosh. Isn't that creepy? Knock her out. Yeah. The way they said it is obviously way creepier than that. But me and Emerson literally sat there and were like sick to our stomachs over it. Xanax! She's just like chilling at the house. Yeah, and then what if she gave out. her too much? And accidentally killed her and yeah. then was trying to cover I don't know if she did it on purpose. I don't know. It was possible that it could have been an accident and then she freaked out. I don't know, though, because she also did search that stuff in her Google history. Like, there's just no way. And why did her mom feel the need to lie about it? Like, you're lying for something. Yeah, I don't like the mom at all. Mm-mm. I'm pretty sure that she doesn't have a relationship with her anymore. I think. I know the dad doesn't. After all that lying for her. And you don't have a relationship. Maybe I should look that up because I actually I don't have that either. The last things in here are from October of 2019. George said that he's ready to forgive her. Even though what she's done to Kaylee, to her and I or anyone else, I just wanted her to know that I was ready to forgive her. At least I wanted to see her and talk to her. No matter if it was an hour or five minutes or whatever, I just wanted to see her. George Anthony sends a message to his daughter, Casey Anthony, in an appearance Thursday on Dr. Oz. Come home. I would love to just get one hug from you and be able to talk to you just one more time. I wouldn't force her into saying something. Just be the young lady or that young woman that I love and I still do. So, yeah. Um, we don't know <laughs> why the dad Basically, wants. Basically, it's a very sad story. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why the dad wants a relationship with her or the mom. I think. It's your kid. I don't know. Uh, yes. Who killed your great kid? You know, fair is. Yeah. It's all terrible. <laughs> so, here's the terrible things, everybody. So, Jenna says, hope you loved it. Um, I'm very mad. No, I know. I'm pissed. I didn't know the details of mm. this, and I had no idea that she was out and about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just roaming around on play. It's just it's the dumbest thing in the world. I'm very mad. Yep. 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 Not good. Not good at all. So, yeah. Let us know if you're mad, too. I'm just, like, in a bad mood now. Yeah. No, I'm just pissed. I think I'm going like, to, like, go to bed. Yeah. It's 6.35. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Average and only.